Welcome to the Vajrasati Yoga Podcast, a space for yoga practitioners to discuss their own honest exploration into yoga, its practice, and its implications. I'm your host, Sophie Allen, and every episode I discuss a specific topic relevant to our learning with invited guests. In this episode, episode 7, I invited my dear friend Sarah Palethorpe, who is a senior teacher at the Vajrasati School, to discuss something she really wanted to talk about, which was imposter syndrome and feeling vulnerable as a yoga teacher. Here is that conversation. But I'm so delighted to talk to you, Sarah. You're my yoga buddy. Um, I was your yoga buddy, yeah. Not was. Don't put <laughs> I, am, I still am. <laughs> Um, and we're going to be discussing a really interesting um, subject that I think everybody can probably relate to, which is imposter syndrome and feeling vulnerable as a yoga teacher. Mm. So do you want to tell me why you wanted to talk about that? Do you want to just get straight in there <laughs> with the vulnerability? Okay, just go straight in there. Um, yeah, I guess because I thought it would be, it came up as a good thing to talk about for me. A, because, you know, I know that it's something that you've talk- we have talked about doing podcasts before. But like, um, yeah, last week I had this severe like case of like imposter syndrome, like to the point where, you know, you're teaching and it was just. Yeah, you're in your when you're in the middle of your teaching, your brain is telling you how awful the class is. And you know, have you, ever, you must have had that before. I'm sure lots of people have had that before. Yes. And it was so loud. And I kind of came out of the class and I went to see Tom. And uh, he's another Bhadrasati teacher who lives with me. And we, I just went, that was an awful class. And just kind of, you know, just kind of, I became quite frozen by it. And I was like, oh, that's it. You know, and I went straight into that mindset of going, well, I'm just going to stop teaching. That's it. I have to stop teaching. Went straight down there into that kind of doubting, questioning. Um, And then, yeah, then I kind of went to bed. And the next morning was the same. It was like, okay, am I going to? spend the day kind of drifting off into like Netflix and avoiding <laughs> avoiding all of this what's going on and just pretend it's not happening or you know what am I going to do and so I just I started watching a few TED talk TED talks about it which is quite interesting I could talk about that in a minute they kind of mentioned about like fr- not freezing when it happens which I think was what I was obviously doing which is interesting to notice um, and then this kind of like working out why you know where it comes from you know what and what can you do to kind of help yourself so I was like right I'm gonna get up and I'm gonna like change this record I'm not gonna be um I'm not gonna feel kind of paralyzed by it. I'm gonna like phone up Sophie and I'm gonna do a pub talk about it this is gonna be great you know I can talk about this because it's I'm gonna expose myself I'm gonna expose myself completely you know one of those things where I was just like oh and then afterwards you're like oh my god what am I doing but um that's where it came from because I suddenly went well this is I can talk about this from like a kind of genuine like lived experience we talk a lot about in Vajrasati you know really teaching from experience and it came up and it was just this kind of ding moment where I like well I was like you know let's talk about it let's put it out there in a, on a platform I know that people have individual teachers have talked to me about it before and I thought now's the time to kind of maybe use this kind of community to kind of talk to and I, know, and I knew you and I was like oh, okay I can have a conversation with Sophie about this it'll be lovely you know a little bit difficult which it is you know kind of exposing that uh like we said vulnerability and that kind of doubt but kind of stepping choosing to kind of step into it 
rather than kind of just pretend it's not happening. And then thinking about, well, you know, why this comes up and this is what this conversation was really, you know, why it comes up, where it comes from and kind of just um, being with it really, rather than these, these sensations of vulnerability rather than the kind of doubt or imposter syndrome per se, but this kind of like this feeling of dis-ease, you know, we were talking yeah. about earlier, but that's kind of where it came from because yeah, last week I had this massive bout of it and I was just like, oh my God, let's try and do something differently. So, I mean, imposter syndrome, according to Wikipedia, the ever trusted <laughs> Wikipedia, let me just read something out there. Yeah. Imposter syndrome, also known as imposter phenom phenomenon, can't say that. Uh, how ironic that I can't say that. Uh, or imposterism or Freud syndrome, fraud syndrome, not Freud syndrome, fraud syndrome, or the That's imposter horrible, experience. Yeah is a psychological pattern in which an individual doubts their skills, talents, or accomplishments, and has a persistent internalized fear of being exposed as a fraud. Yeah, being like found out or like that kind of like, someone's gonna yeah. uh, and yeah, we are, catch we are. me out. <laughs> and like, and I think it's been brought maybe more to the surface, certainly for me, exposing or offering myself as a yoga teacher online because before I had that container of uh, invite only yoga classes almost right. and then it was like oh I'll, I'll, I'll offer this up to the world and one of my feelings of vulnerability from teaching online for the last year it doesn't really it's not really there at the moment because I think I've kind of moved through it a bit no I'm lying it is still there <laughs> is <laughs> is I was like, oh my God, I'm going to offer my classes online and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get loads of students now. Yeah. And I did not get more students in my yeah. classes online, even though I was like, there's a part of me that was like, you must be shit because now everybody who has said, I've wanted to come to yoga classes, but I just can't because of the time or the location or blah, blah, blah. And everybody has all this free time and no one's coming to my classes. So I must not be very good. That yeah. must be that must be the only explanation. So oh, yeah. therefore, I'm I'm not <laughs> I'm not fit to do this yoga teaching. And you know who am I to do this? Um, and I just it's it's tough, man. It's really tough. Yeah, no, I think that's that thing, isn't it? Like another reason what we were talking about, you know, why we want to do it, or why I was talking about kind of um, speaking about this on a kind of platform or more openly is because, you know, teaching yoga is an amazing thing to do. It's like, you know, like 95% of the time, it's just like the best thing ever, you know, like it doesn't feel like you're working. It's just doing this amazing thing, you know, that we kind of, it's part of my life, it's part of our lives, and you know, it becomes part of who you are. Um, but that, you know, there are some times when it's really difficult and it's like you feel a bit kind of um, like it's only you and I think it's quite good to kind of go you know what it's not <laughs> you know it's not only you because you speak to other people and you're like oh no okay you know everybody feels this kind of um what, what this the, doubt yeah sometimes. but what are, the, what are the times that it feels difficult like like can you pinpoint when it feels difficult for me like I think what happens to me is I go into this um like it's when I make a mistake or something like that, this idea that suddenly I've made a mistake and it's like, uh, oh no, I can't make a mistake. It's this, uh, you know, I think that quest for like that fear of failure, I suppose, or getting something wrong. Um, and then you kind of go into that 
mindset again because it's uncomfortable isn't it kind of going okay and then I kind of doubt it a little bit and then you kind of go into that mindset of just going oh you know I've got it wrong I'm really bad at this and but what you say to other people you know like whether you know <laughs> it's what we said the other day like when you say to other people you know if you get something wrong it's great you know you learn from it you kind of it's a really and, and I absolutely believe it but you know sometimes when it's yourself you don't treat yourself in the same way as you treat other people which is another thing isn't it that kind of really going okay be kind to yourself here give yourself a break and like it's okay it's just because you've gone into this thinking paradigm where you started to doubt yourself you know just yeah and all of us have yeah and all of us have in us um the inner critic oh yeah and when we get something wrong it's that I love that term confirmation bias Mm. it's like the inner critic is like see you you know I told you that you weren't that you weren't gonna do a good job or everything that you were worried about just like there you are there's the example or and it can really you can really crash into that um place of thinking of of oh god I've done it wrong and yeah I think it's really important to um acknowledge the learning cycle as well like um Tom who you mentioned earlier Tom Cohen um talked about this when I was asking him about imposter syndrome earlier And I became so fascinated with this learning cycle when I was training as an interpreter and those four stages, right? So you've got unconscious incompetence when you don't know how shit you are at something, right? Right. And I'm not saying like people are shit yoga teachers. I'm saying, you know, I'm relating this to my own skill of when I was a sign language interpreter, but you just, you bumble along. You don't, you don't really know what you're doing. Yeah. Kind of fake it till you make it kind of. Yeah, but you're not even faking it to you. Because you're, you're, you're not even aware that you're faking it. You're not it. even aware of it. Yeah, so you're <laughs> okay, like yeah. unconsciously incompetent. Right. And then when you start training for something, that's when you move into conscious incompetence. Yeah, okay. And that is that second stage of that cycle is the bit that can really um, spin us out. Yeah. And then we'll come back to that stage. And then the next stage is conscious competence. So you okay. keep being aware of what you're doing right. And yeah. then the last stage, when it becomes like an example of like riding a bike it's unconscious competence so you just you don't even have to think about what you're doing yeah but conscious incompetence when we're aware of something that we have done that's that's judged maybe by ourselves as incompetent I think that's the bit that really can really stick yeah I mean I agree I mean it's so it's just um but it doesn't does it stick or if you it's like kind of like how you know if you if you recognize it you know if you recognize it and just kind of allow it to be kind of be what it is can it just can you just kind of move on because obviously you know it's like I'm not in that stage now like I was in last week where I was like oh my god and I was saying you know just the other day how different that is how different a week can be like what your where your mind can go you know and just basically I think it's just a like learning from it and that kind of also recognizing the patterns of avoidance you know like you try and fix something all the time so like one of these um TED talks that I listened to talked about like you know when you feel like imposter syndrome you feel like that we kind of freeze which I definitely did and then it was this 
kind of looking at Sorry to interrupt, sir, but when you say you, you froze, did you literally freeze in the class when you were teaching? No, no, I didn't freeze in the class when I was teaching, but I was definitely like, um, had that real moment of like having to really talk to myself in the class about just carrying on going. And it was just something that it just fired up and it was just really like, it was a something that happened. And then, then my brain just went onto this, Thing. and it's incredible how loud that can be and also I think it happens more in Kate when you're feeling quite vulnerable as well you know like in times in your life when there's kind of like vulnerabilities that you're exposed to these voices can get a bit louder in your head can't they that's what I've experienced before when you're like okay when you're a bit unsure of stuff anyway like I suppose we all are at the moment just because of the way the world is these voices can sometimes get a bit louder and sometimes they lack you can lack like you kind of latch onto it a little bit more um do you think because we're just feeling so depleted maybe maybe i mean i'm you know i'm not a psychiatrist or so i don't you know i can't say this is just my this is my kind of just pulling it out there as a kind of yoga teacher but sorry you're not okay i'm gonna abort the interview i we had a qualified uh... <laughs> um, uh, i can't remember what i was talking about now well we i think about this kind of idea of like learning okay and, and what I was saying was is when I was watching this TED talk it's free kind of when I first listened to it it was like oh my god that's what I'm doing I'm freezing I'm just gonna like ignore it I'm just gonna like stop teaching I've got I'm not gonna move through it then my reaction was that wasn't it just to kind of stop and um and then kind of finding these kind of tools and kind of this another, another TED talk that TED talk that I watched and wait wait what tools what did you I'm going to tell you now okay. this TED, this, yeah. it was this tool that said it was this talk that said oh you know when you're feeling like imposter syndrome sit there and like think about like what it is that you know you do well and maybe what you're not doing quite so well and where you want to how you want to improve you know and I was like that's what I'm gonna do you know so then it was that kind of right I'm gonna do more courses I'm gonna you know try and fix the fix the problem talk to Sophie, fix a problem, solve it, be really positive, move on. And then it was like, actually, I'm, I'm still just doing the same thing. I'm just avoiding that sense of like feeling that vulnerability or that kind of um, discomfort in my, in my being. And I'm trying to fix it with something else. You see, I mean, that kind of vulnerability that comes up with imposter syndrome. And um, yeah, so I was like, oh, that's what I'm doing. So after I spoke to you, last week or whenever it was I kind of just I then I was like oh now I'm feeling really like uncomfortable about talking about this as well on a public forum so I just but then I sat with it I had like Tom's voice in my head saying just be with the experience and they're kind of sitting there and it's uncomfortable it feels uncomfortable in your body you know this kind of like okay this kind of doubt and it's like oh how does that manifest and then you just kind of go okay feel it and let it kind of be like you know that is kind of feelings and sensations belong and then see where it goes rather than just trying to fix everything trying to do something about it I'm not saying that you shouldn't do courses if that's what you want to do you know I'm definitely looking at other courses where you kind of go oh that's quite useful I do feel like I maybe I could learn a bit more about that and maybe you know I feel a bit better about teaching yoga if I know more philosophy or if I know more Sanskrit for example you know but then that doesn't mean that you're imposter syndrome won't come back is it I mean people mm -hmm. have told me who know a lot of Sanskrit a lot of 
have a lot of knowledge it doesn't stop that kind of you can always learn more can't you so like kind of trying to fix it in that way is not necessarily I don't know whether that's you know (laughs) gonna solve the problem you know or whether we just kind of go oh this is just something that happens and you just ride it out you know I think it's um I don't know I don't know who said it and maybe somebody listening to the podcast will be shouting who said it but it's that thing of um the more you realize the more you know the more you realize you don't know anything really yeah and I think it's difficult sometimes to because because of the training that we've had comparatively to a lot of other yoga courses it's it's really in depth yeah it's two years yet that isn't enough it's still <laughs> still like yeah you kind of finish the course and like oh my god I've just like, started there's, so, there's much. so much more yeah <laughs> and then it's like oh my god the audacity that I'll need to get up and impart any of this to a, to a, a student or a room of students is um feels like quite a lot yeah and I think for me definitely one of the places I feel quite vulnerable as a teacher is talking about yoga philosophy um, because I feel that I, I can't really explain it very well. And I don't want to, I don't want to say anything that doesn't feel true or that doesn't, yeah. that I can't. And I think as well, one of the things that's difficult in teaching a class, right. Is that it's not a conversation yeah. with, that you're having with your students. Like you're not saying, do you understand me you're you're having to sense all the time that they're getting it so that's like the yoga philosophy side of things having to teach postures and physical aspects of it I think this I mean we covered this in the first podcast with Jim when I talked about you know why do you why do you think yoga teachers you know myself included feel feel quite drawn to give kind of psych like psycho um, I don't want to say psychobabble because I don't want to demean that, but like sometimes I feel it, it's like, oh, I want to say something that really means something because I want yeah. to fill that space and I want students to take away something that they feel is valuable. And then it's like, oh, God, but I don't really know what to add. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. I think we've all been there, haven't we? Like when you kind of, do I understand philosophy enough? Because it can be quite confusing, can't it? That kind of, that element of it because there's so many different, traditions and but I don't think you know I don't I don't feel like you need to talk about yoga philosophy in your class to teach a yoga class no we don't have to I think it kind of the way that you teach um can kind of body that uh, in this word is overused but kind of embody that philosophy do you see what I mean definitely Um, definitely you know so I think it's just, again, it's like staying with your, being like staying true to your experience and your practice, which is really sometimes difficult, isn't it? It's like I was saying to you earlier, even to do this podcast, you know, and you start to go, oh my God, maybe I should go and do some more research about what this person says about imposter syndrome and what this person says about imposter syndrome. And again, all I'm doing is like going, okay, I'm just not sitting in my place of talking about my personal experience, which is sometimes quite uncomfortable. I'm just avoiding it again. You know, it's that kind of, I don't know, it's kind of, um, I think it's okay just to have your own practice and teach what you 
what you know what you know from your personal experience you know you teach but teach what you know and then yeah. but then it's like oh god I don't really know anything yeah. not, in that, <laughs> not in that kind of way that like in that intellectualized well, in that, knowledge way yeah yeah maybe. Not also that, not in that kind that of like understand it yeah not in that kind of wonderful way that that Jim is able to be like I don't know anything you don't know anything he even said that at a class this week yeah you know, he said uh, oh in teacher training he said somebody had asked him um I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this because I don't know anything he's like you're right you don't know anything <laughs> and it's like I get that I get where he's yeah. coming from but it but it's very real to have this sense of you know but I am stood in front of the class and I I, do, I don't I'm not getting any feedback from my students whether or not they're getting it and one of the things that I just want to like go back to um because I know for a fact that that people will I hope people will relate otherwise it is that thing of is it just me but not but numbers <laughs> I of, think it is. <laughs> but numbers of people in a class right like yeah getting people to come to a class or repeat students and I want to acknowledge I said earlier like no one came to my classes I have some very lovely students who do come quite regularly and I don't want to dismiss that their attendance and they'd be like hey actually thanks a lot what the hell um but I just meant like I didn't get like an influx of new students so like yeah how do you do you, like have you felt any kind of anything about that about does that play into the vulnerability of of how many oh, students come in definitely you know definitely not so much I mean when I first when I first graduated and I started teaching um you know definitely you have some weeks you have more people coming and other weeks you had less people coming and at, and at that time and still a little bit now but less often I find I it was this kind of, oh my God, you know, I've got four people this week. I had eight people last week. What's going on? What have I done wrong? You know, what have I done? I must be doing something badly. Um, and then you just kind of, then I, you just kind of get into the swing of you. What it is, I think, is that you kind of step outside of your yourself and you just kind of go, actually, other people have lives going on do you know what I mean yeah. it's like just because they don't come to yoga this week doesn't mean that you're bad it's like remembering that there is like oh you know not getting so stuck in your in your ideas of yourself or your sense of self which is we always kind of at the moment you know when we're in that mind place it's quite small isn't it? our sense of self and it's like oh you kind of want that external validation and all that kind of stuff so I think it's that reminding yourself you go oh actually people might just be busy or like they might just not feel like going to yoga that weekend or that week and so because because when I before I became a yoga teacher sometimes I'd go I'd go for periods of time and then I'd stop for a bit and then I'd start again and it'd come in waves and it's just reminding yourself that you know people have lives and just because they don't come to yoga class doesn't mean you're doing something wrong Thank also <laughs> like also I mean because come some people some sometimes I teach like two people you know other times I teach like five but it's like, you know, they're never massive, my classes. And I kind of got used to that kind of fact. It's like, okay, this is just what I'm doing. And I think it, I think it was Kadeem that said something to me, like, very early on in my, like, teaching, which is only, I've only been teaching for five years, so not very long. But, like, um, she said, you know, just don't take any of it, the kind of positive feedback, the negative feedback. If loads of people come, if, like, nobody comes, just keep going along doing what you're doing because ultimately you can't 
you can't just keep on changing because you think that's going to bring more people in otherwise you're not teaching from you know your your experience or you know what is genuine it's the same when you kind of go oh maybe I should be teaching vinyasa flow because then loads of people will come to my class maybe I should just do something completely different you know looking at the class before you where everyone's like kind of pouring out of the studio and then there's like five of you going in but it's like okay what that but then I'm not teaching from a then I am kind of being an imposter. Do you know what I mean? And I am moving into realms of like not doing something genuine because yeah. I'm doing it for the wrong reason. Does that make sense? Definitely. And I think it would, I think it would be different if we were sort of set up to, uh, to be trained to be like, this yoga is for the masses. And maybe yeah. that's, you know, then that, and that's not what we're taught. We're not taught that it's only for a select few, but it's, yeah. it is a specific um, way of teaching and way of practicing yoga that isn't um, the most popular kind of yoga um, and I think that's useful to kind of understand like why we're doing it yeah just reminded yeah you're not doing it to kind of obviously it's great to have people coming to your class and I'm not having I don't yeah. have anything against vinyasa flow um, it's just that kind of coming back to that kind of sense of comparison and doubt and yeah. you know that feeling of vulnerability and whether you're doing something wrong and it's just like just you know I think it's just accepting that like I said other people have lives and they don't always come to yoga in that respect and also we're getting into realms of like oh now you're comparing you know like oh that person's got all that per you know like that's not good for your you know imposter syndrome as well you know that's you know, how come that person's doing so well I must be doing something wrong I must be being a fraud someone's going to catch me out or whatever because they've got 20 people and I've got when you start like that, that that comparison is not not healthy is it mm. <laughs> but it's, it? You, you do do it I mean everybody does it you try not to kind of go oh why, why are so many people going to that class and you know why they well I think as well own? like um you know it's why do we care why do we care about what people think of us as yoga teachers? Why do we care about how many people come to our class? And I think it's because we are a social species yeah. that relies on connection and relies on community. And we do get a lot of validation by being in community. Um, and, you know, numbers reflect that back. And I think it's, about understanding that it's not such a kind of simple phrase, but it's not quantity, it's quality. It's the, the like yeah. the quantity of students in your class shouldn't reflect the quality no. of, you know, I say shouldn't, but it's, it is it is difficult sometimes. One of, the, um, one of the things that somebody said that their vulnerability around teaching online or doing recordings was the the image of their their self uh, themselves as a yoga teacher their body their body shape that they felt that they don't um fit into this and they're like you know absolutely caveated it by saying you know i know we shouldn't there isn't one way to look like a yoga teacher but this is a really raw vulnerability yeah. right which is like yeah i don't want to be on camera i don't look a certain way i feel conscious about my weight I don't have the right leggings or whatever. Um, when we are flooded with so many images of what yoga teachers look like, yeah, right. And I think that's also what can make people feel vulnerable. It's like, oh, you don't look like a yoga teacher. One of my vulnerabilities is 
and I've said this loads, which is, I'm like, I can't do loads of the postures. I can't um, do a handstand. I'm not the most bendiest person. So what the hell am I doing teaching yoga? Yeah. And then it's like, well, yoga isn't about being bendy. And it's like, I know, but I probably should be able to do more postures and be able to demonstrate more. But I find that when I'm actually teaching yoga postures, I'll say it like, I can't do this posture, but I'll be able to direct people into it. Yeah. So it's kind of like, it's not even in the classes it's happening. It's all the stuff around it. <laughs> yeah, it's not, that's it. It's not, you know, we live in a, I think it's, I was thinking about this earlier or kind of thinking about, again, going back to why we start to doubt ourselves and things like this. It is kind of society, like this image of like trying to, being conditioned to always be better or like to improve, to be something else. Do you see what I mean? And then it's kind of, and sometimes that just gets loud and you just get drawn into it. And I think that's also part of your practice, isn't it? Going, okay, I've just got drawn, like, you know, I've just got drawn into that narrative. And then you can go, oh, okay, you know, let that go, breathe out, you know, and just kind of, um, it passes, doesn't it? Knowing that those kind of waves of like emotions and thoughts, they're not like, they're not there forever, are they? They're not rigid. But I think, you know, we do definitely live in a society that is always pushing people to be better. Improve. So, and to improve, like there's something wrong with you you know and that that goes right the way through to like yoga teaching you know people come to yoga classes to to improve them. you know a lot of people come because they think it's going to improve them in some way um you know and with there's levels there's levels isn't there of like okay people might feel a bit more flexible or a bit stronger in their body but ultimately it's not a, you know it's not about that it's about connecting to that part of you that hasn't changed and doesn't change and won't change but so apart society from, can be very loud sometimes and you go oh, okay you know like I should be better at this I've got to somehow do more learn more make more money have more people in my class and so I think you just get sucked into that sometimes and then you start doubting yourself because you know, we're human <laughs> so in some ways isn't it and it's kind of just give you that's what I was telling myself in the test, like, just give yourself a break you know allow yourself that give yourself permission to make mistakes and that's like a big we were talking about earlier, you know, what kind of where does it come for you? And it's a lot about, you know, that idea of like not being able to make mistakes. And um, you know, just give, you, you have to give, give yourself a talking to about like <laughs> giving yourself permission to actually, it's actually okay, you know, that is how we learn, that is how things change. So not you said that, that that feeling like arose for you like a couple of weeks ago, a feeling like imposter was really strong. Yeah. But have you had that feeling before? Like, do you do you remember feeling like that? Like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not just like I have it once, you know. It's a, it's something that's happened. Like this is new. <laughs> <laughs> this I've is not, never. No, no. <laughs> it's, I think it happened. I think I don't. I can't. Don't know whether it happens more or less. It's definitely. It's not Did something that's just happened one time in my life. It happened. What about in teacher quite training? What about teacher training? Because I think that's probably where a lot of people get the maybe a bit of crisis of confidence. Do you remember feeling like that in your training? Um, in my teacher training, I think I felt it more kind of towards the end maybe, um, because I kind of, yeah, I kind of went in, I didn't have any teacher training or any yoga teacher 
qualifications before. So when I went into the teacher training, I was just like, okay, just take it all in. And I don't think, you know, I didn't really start feeling that until maybe towards the end of the course where you're starting to have to like teach other people. But I don't, yeah. Probably, I don't remember like one specific example, but I think it happens. I don't think it's just been a one-off thing. I think probably teacher training, there are those points where you kind of do feel a bit unsure. And I think, I think everybody goes through that in teacher training at some point, don't know that kind of, oh, you know, um, am I doing it right? But not, so probably that's probably into my second year, I think when that happened for me. The first year I was just like absorbing all the information. <laughs> You know, and it's not till you start kind of, you know, when it comes a little bit more. I remember there being a bit of a shift kind of going, you know, now how and why and being really kind of thinking about it when you start to kind of go, oh, God, I don't, maybe I don't know enough. Maybe I should have written more notes, you know, um, stuff like that. I wanted to ask, what does having imposter syndrome for you feel like? Like what actually what actually comes up? Okay. I was, I was, my, my automatic response was like to swear and I have to hold swear, that back, don't I? Swear. I was gonna say it feels shit. <laughs> it feels shit, you know, like when, it, when I came out of my class last week, I was like, oh, this is like, you've done really badly, you know? And then people say like, oh, that's just your perception of the class. I'm sure other people felt it was great and they didn't see the same thing that you did. But it was like, well, at that point, you're just in this kind of place where you're just, just like, you don't believe anybody that tells you that anyway. You're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, fine. Yeah, I'm fine. And then you kind of sit with it. And it just feels like, um, like, you know, it feels un physically uncomfortable. So you just kind of go like, I'm just, the best way to kind of stop this coming up again is just for me to stop teaching which is crazy. It's a crazy jump, isn't it? Where you go to in your extreme. brain. It's such yeah. an extreme. Yeah. And then, <laughs> but it's that kind of, that's a, that's the logical progression, isn't it? Of like yeah. where that goes, that I'm not good enough. And I just kind of jump straight to, right, this is uncomfortable, you know. Um, just, yeah, it's like, maybe that's the protection, the protector side of us being like, okay extreme scenario this is how we are going to protect ourselves stop doing it yeah maybe yeah just run away from it mm. I think we do that in so many different ways don't we not just not just with imposter syndrome but like any feelings of like uncomfort discomfort or un, you know dis-ease whatever we kind of because we're so also we're so conditioned to like have like negative and positive emotions and sensations you know I think it's Christopher Wallace that says you know there's no such thing as negative and positive emotions there's just emotions isn't there but to you can say that you know you can say that in the abstract but actually allowing yourself to feel something that is uncomfortable mm. is a different thing and it's like you kind of go actually now I'm really going to just sit with it and um you know, experience that physical dis-ease because it's part of, yeah, it's part of being alive, isn't it? it we, it's not this idea that we have to be, again, I think this comes up as yoga teachers when we, that kind of image of being teaching yoga, that we have to be kind of this 
transcendental it's kind of like really chilled out super you know like super yogi the whole time you know that doesn't doesn't get angry or upset or doesn't ever doubt themselves it's all just brilliant and full of light and goodness and you know that's that real there's a real movement I think within there's a real tendency within like um aspects of like yoga to kind of push that push that you know kind of say it's got to be good the whole time and I think this experience of like imposter syndrome and then feeling the kind of dis-ease that comes with it just made me kind of go you know oh really accepting the those sensations that are not so pleasant sometimes you know as but but also really being open to that pink you know that this belongs like I said earlier this belongs this belongs as part of my experience it's not something to push away or to kind of ignore or to pretend it's not happening because it's part of the experience of being a human, of being a yoga teacher in this case, you know. Yeah, like you don't leave that part of you being a human at the yoga studio door and then come in and pretend that you're unaffected. Yeah, we kind of step into this role and start performing. I think that's one of the, and also a difficult thing about the, you know, I think that's maybe also why this kind of imposter syndrome comes up or like sense of disease or uncomfort sometimes with teaching because you are quite open, you're quite raw, isn't it? It's not like, stepping onto a stage and performing because you are sometimes you do you know you do it you kind of you know there has been times you've gone down that road you kind of oh look I'm just performing a role you know sometimes if you're tired sometimes that happens with me or like if you know okay I'm just almost going through the motions a little bit and you feel a bit crap afterwards but it's like okay but most of the time you're teaching and it's like okay you're really kind of exposing yourself, aren't you? Being that kind of, you're stepping into, you're teaching from your experience, from what you believe. And it's kind of very open. You're very open at that time. And sometimes that can be uncomfortable too. And you just, then then the doubt comes in because you're physically like standing in front of people or a screen and you kind of go, oh, I'm actually just being really honest and really open here. And we're so used to having all these different personas and masks that we wear. And it's like, actually, oof, you know, can I allow myself to feel this discomfort? So I think that's a positive thing that can come out of it, you know. Yeah. Um, that element of it, that kind of element of vulnerability, not just imposter syndrome, but vulnerability in general, that kind of, you know. And also talking to other people and feeling that sense of like, just not that these sensations belong, but that everybody else experiences it too. And then you feel that sense of belonging within a community, you know, that you're not isolated in that sensation. And we have that beautiful thing within Vajrasati that we do have this community, this Sangha, you know, we're not on our own. So you can kind of lean into it as a kind of support structure, you know. So and sometimes you do that, you know, when you're vulnerable and when it's needed. And that's what's beautiful about these things that come up, isn't there? The kind of vulnerabilities that do come up within teaching yoga. It kind of exposes all these that rawness but also there's something quite incredible about it as well you know just being completely open it's such a it's such a big topic isn't it I suppose in lots of ways it's and it goes beyond just yoga but it's um it's again it's just kind of being I coming back to what you were saying about that kind of idea of the witness and um, watching things go by which is obviously a, it's a beautiful thing. Um, I think 
I think definitely in my experience, sometimes I've done that, I've disassociated and I've stopped actually feeling into my body properly, like really and really inhabiting the sensations. Again, not as kind of a fixed thing, but it's like, okay, like with this, um, this these sensations of like um, discomfort, you know, when we we're talking about earlier about that kind of real visceral feelings of like anxiety or um, doubt that come in, <coughs> excuse me. Um, but what you, it's, what I found that I've done over the last week is just really um, just drop into my body a lot more, you know, and like really, really feel like from the inside out, experiencing these incredible sensations that we have to be alive in this um, body, which means sometimes it's going to be great. Sometimes it's going to feel a little difficult, but you know, it's like, it's, there's something quite um, incredible about it because you start to feel bigger than that small sense of self, you know, that's just in the mind that we've, it's just that kind of, okay, I'm bigger than, I'm bigger than this. I'm part of this, not just this network of yoga teachers, but this incredible universe, you know, and you can kind of like lean into it and you can feel like supported by it in a way. And it kind of gives you that, it kind of helps you get to give you the permission to feel those negative things because it goes, actually, you know, there's enough space for it. You don't have to block it out. You can, you can be held in this uh, sensation of discomfort when you kind of drop out of your head and just kind of experience it as a whole being, because you're being, you know, you're, you're part of this, you're part of everything, aren't you? When you kind of, when you can feel it, when you really inhabit your body and experience the sensations of it. I listen to that. Actually, <coughs> it belongs and you can, there's space for you to feel it, basically, is what I'm trying to say in a long-winded way. Mm, space <laughs> for you to feel it. But I listened yeah. to that podcast that you recommended, the Tara Brack. Oh, yeah, I love Tara Brack. Yeah. Oh, and she talks a lot about that, about really inhabiting your body. Yeah. And not being drawn to the next thing and like how does it feel to just sit and yeah. feel into your body and yeah and can you feel your feet and can you feel your hands and yeah and can you really just feel the weight of yeah where you're sitting right now or however you're listening to the podcast like can you really inhabit the body and I think that's you know maybe a, a bit meta is like well this is what we're doing it for the yoga teaching like this asana side of it yeah i mean is to inhabit the body yeah to to get us out of our heads yeah hopefully yeah, yeah. you know sometimes you get stuck in there like <laughs> that's fine that's also fine too isn't it? it's go oh do you know what i just went off into my head and just stuck, went into this like you know diatribe of whatever that was for like a day or whatever and then you're kind of like oh you catch yourself and I think you know the more practice that we do and the more you kind of keep experiencing these things I think I don't know I <laughs> say this with, um, with caution but it's a kind of I hope that those gaps are like between getting caught and recognizing that you've got caught are getting like you're recognizing it sooner just I mean I'm managing does that make yeah. sense you're kind of going oh yeah. you're not getting dragged down into that rabbit hole for like months on end or days on end it's getting shorter each time 
time yeah and you go to that place and you just don't stay there as long because, yeah because you recognize that you're in that place and I think yeah. that's what the conscious yeah consciousness of uh, and I don't mean consciousness as, as in the yoga term of conscious but being conscious that you are aware that you are going there or you've gone there oh, that recognition isn't it that's recognition yeah, yeah. yeah. And like I, I've had that recently with just sadness and just yeah. Instead of trying to, you know, which I don't like this thing of like you know cheer, cheering up or ch- like changing how you feel. I was talking to a friend about this the other day about how hard it is sometimes for people to really sit with um, other our own unco- uh, discomfort, right? So if you say to a, a friend or a loved one feel really sad yeah. why what you know there's you know you've got this and you've got that and you're this and you're that and it's like oh, just just hear me just just hear me that I'm sad because it's hard yeah. enough for me to sit with my sadness and so I even have that with myself the other day where I was just like god I feel sad about this thing okay what can I what can I do and it was like okay how about what I do is I just go huh I feel sad what does that feel like <laughs> yeah and it was just like you know hello sadness my old friend was like <laughs> it's just like thanks I just want you to hear me and I think maybe that's what imposter syndrome is, is here maybe to to teach us to just be like hey I feel fake and I feel like I can't do it and instead of being like you're not fake you're a great teacher because I feel like that's maybe what the rhetoric I think that's the fear of maybe the if we talk about it the rhetoric will be somebody trying to reassure you and it's like that's yeah. not why I'm doing this it's not why yeah. I'm not doing this it's not why I'm talking about it yeah it's it's I don't want validation right now I I, I just need to talk about how fucking fake I feel <laughs> I want to feel uncomfortable <laughs> <laughs> but how do we talk about being uncomfortable because we obviously with with loving people we want to support people that feel yeah not very good about themselves and and it's hard like it's hard to just sit with it for ourselves and it's hard for other people I think to to hear that and I I don't know if I'm sure students I hope I mean as a student of yoga teachers I wouldn't be freaked out if my yoga teacher was like I don't know what I'm doing I mean, I'm, yeah. I say that and I'm like, would I? I don't know. I would like to trust <laughs> the yoga teacher. I, um, I think it's more, oh, sorry. I think it's, um, <laughs> I think it's just that case of going, okay, well, that was last week and I had that moment and you have that moment of doubt, which is absolutely like normal in this society and rather, and then going, oh, don't, you know, it's okay to feel like that. It's okay to have these moments where, you know, you don't necessarily feel the most confident or you don't put on that kind of show of being confident. Because I think that is about, that is, that is a sign of like, when you can kind of turn around and go, okay, you know what, I'm not feeling that great or I'm having such, I'm having a bit of a difficult time teaching. Those are those points when you can like, I think they, they almost make you a better teacher. Do you see what I mean? When you can kind of really sit with it because it's part of your, such an overused word and I can't, you know, I'm, it's cringing a little bit to use it, but it's part of your journey. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? It's like, that, it's that, it's, it is part of, 
and it's never ending isn't it it's never ending not to say oh my god you're always going to feel like imposter syndrome it's going to be horrible and never teach ego <laughs> that's far from what I'm saying it's more just like recognizing that sometimes you feel a little bit shit and that's okay too or sorry for my swearing but these sometimes you feel a little bit you know rubbish and that's okay too and and it's how we respond to that isn't it you know yeah do we want to go into that realm of like doubting and questioning and sometimes you will and then you've got to give yourself a break if you do that as well that's what I've found you know sometimes it takes you a little bit longer to get to that point of giving yourself a break but uh Kadeen wanted me to mention or she said that it would be good to look up Judith Butler who um writes a lot about this um performative aspect of of yoga and about how we are all performing so I just wanted to give yeah. Judith Butler mentioned I haven't actually done any research on her I only got that message from Kadeen this evening so if anybody wants to look up Judith Butler that's a recommendation from Kadeen um and yeah like in terms of I don't know Sarah I feel like I always want to end a podcast with being like and what are your top tips for <laughs> but that's the, that's exactly it though it's kind of like this is not about having the answers, is it? But it's no, like... I don't think so. I mean, I don't have the answers, so I hope it's not about that. No, it's not. <laughs> but it's like, you know, like how, 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 like how dare we be yoga teachers, right? Like how, how do we, how do we like find it in ourselves? Like you've talked about like what helped you in terms of like TED talks and about recognizing, yeah, where you are. I, but and yeah, and and just kind of tr- trusting uh coming back to that like just trusting your practice trusting yoga you know trusting what we do and I'm feeling that because it just keeps on you know another thing that I just was laying in bed the other day and I had the after the three first sutras of the Patanjali yoga sutras going through my head you know like you do and (laughs) yeah and that just the first one atta yoga anushasana and I was thinking about I was contemplating Chris Wallace's translation, you know, which is um, now begins the traditional teachings of yoga. And it was this real, like he talks about as well, this this idea of like now, and I suddenly just really realized the significance of that word. Cause it's like, actually it, it goes, oh, actually you're always, you're always beginning. You're always a beginner. I think he talks about it as well. He said, but suddenly I just really felt it. And I was like, I just went, okay, right I just give myself permission to like be a beginner and like learn keep on learning and it's that kind of like just coming back to these teachings that are always you know that that are there they're kind of that kind of just that grounding is it just that simple thing just that one word of that first sutra the other you know the other morning I was like oh yeah I can do you know like not just saying it but really feeling that and just going right okay my God, it's just, I'm okay. I can just, I'm, I'm, I'm just beginning. We're all just beginning all the time, you know, in this thing that we're doing of <laughs> life, you know, it's just kind of the infinite now, isn't it? It's a kind of actually, we don't, like Jim says, you know, we don't know and you never will know. And it's like actually just giving yourself a break and remembering to, to enjoy yourself as well. Like I, sometimes it gets so serious, isn't it? That's what I, you know, like you can, I'm not learning enough. I'm not doing this. Is not, you know, 
I need to be doing more somehow. And it just suddenly, it's like, oh, okay, all the, all the fun's going out of this and just reminding yourself to enjoy it. Like even the, even the difficult bits of it. Like, yeah. and that's what that thing is. Like, okay, how do I like just in, even enjoy this kind of the difficult parts of it by just welcoming it all in and going, oh, it doesn't, doesn't matter because I'm still, I'm just beginning all the time. Mm. I've definitely um, avoided teaching because I thought I'm not good enough Um, in times of like, I'm not ready to teach or I, I just feel like I haven't got anything in me to teach. And it's made me think talking to you tonight about, Maybe those are the those are the moments where I probably would have been be- better than ever to teach when I felt empty of oh, I've got nothing and it's like yeah not to kind of be like coulda woulda shoulda but yeah like just if we just relax a little bit I mean just um, relax into it oh, yeah. yeah like just like just like Ad- <laughs> yeah like Ad- Adi Ashanti has <laughs> on his um, wake up challenge which I've mentioned on the last podcast as well but I really really recommend this it's like the first thing is to relax yeah relax like and then you relax and that again is a physical it. thing isn't it it's not something that we you can't you can't think about relaxing can you no. it's like, again it's we're going back to like okay come down into your into this incredible body that you have and relax into it you know just relax into it it's like and that's a sense of compassion, isn't it, as well? You know, like just being compassionate to yourself, like recognising. I was also contemplating, you know, that the real meaning of like compassion, you know, that, that recognition of like suffering. And then I think this is Tara Brux. Like, it's, recon- it's recognition of suffering and then responding with care. And it's like recognising those parts of yourself as well. Where you can actually, I'm, you know, I'm suffering here and how do I respond with care and sometimes it's just yeah like you said just relaxing into it allowing it to be there and just giving yourself a break I think more than anything else that's what I say to myself anyway what was the phrase again recognizing um, compassion is recognizing suffering and responding with care you know and it's this real contemplating this link it's not just Tara Butts talks about this kind of link between compassion and courage and like stand and having the courage to kind of stand in that vulnerable place, you know, and compassion for yourself gives you that. And also standing in that place creates more compassion because your heart becomes more open and you kind of, you know, and it's just this kind of, it just goes round and round. And you know, it's not like, I always think of it as this kind of circle, you know, when you have those diagrams with like compassion at the top and courage at the bottom, and there's just like, it's just in a circle. So they kind of just, fold into each other a wheel yeah like a thank you (laughs) like a wheel (laughs) you know one of those things that goes round and round yeah one of those things that goes round (laughs) and um you know I was also reading the other day and I was reading the Tao of Pooh which is amazing isn't it have you read that book yeah I read it when I was a teenager I've only just recently found it I was like oh this is amazing and they talk about it in there as well you know like in the Lao in the in the in the Tao Chi Ching I don't I can't pronounce it properly I apologize um, there's a lovely um, quote that I just lit, talking about this book again, The Day of Piglet, the, ta- the Tao of Pooh and the Day of Piglet. And I was reading it last night and it just kind of popped out at my, and I was like, oh, okay, you're one of those things where everything kind of joins together. And it was just this little quote that I thought was really 
just quite beautiful and quite, you know, nice, easy to remember. It's by William Blake. And they're talking about how like, everything in creation from like migrating hummingbirds to spinning planets operates on the, on the belief that it can be done. Talking about this idea of doubt, you know, and it says to quote William Blake, if the sun and moon should doubt, they'd immediately go out. Mm. Which I just thought was so lovely. It's like, you know, if the sun and moon should doubt, they'd immediately go out. So it's just that reminder to kind of, you know. Yeah. Just remember that you're part of this incredible universe, this kind of can-do world. <laughs> but that's also a negative thing. It can be kind of, because it's kind of like, you can't do it. You must do everything all the time. You know, you must do something. And sometimes you just need to sit still, don't we? And just allow it to be, which is what we've been talking about. Yeah. I just thought it would be quite, you know, just quite a nice thing for people to remember because obviously we all, we all go into that, like that place of doubt so often. Mm. And just like, you know, just to remind yourself that, that, that it's a miracle that we're even here. Yeah, just in, you know, in kind of remember, I think it's about, for me, it's about just, God, just remembering to, uh, just remembering how incredible it is to be alive you know, and all the, all of the, everything that comes with it, you know, which is, well, that's all, that, that's all there is to say about that, isn't there? <laughs> I think I just make that bit of the podcast. <laughs> yeah, can we just edit the whole rest of it out? Because it's just me, like, talking rubbish at some point. Absolutely it's not, so... do not, no, no, do not. Um, but we will, we will end the podcast as we always end it with um, my guest leading in, if you wouldn't mind, just a deep breath and then and three ohms. Oh, okay. That's how we close the practice. So if people listening at home can, can join in as well. Okay. But in fact, before we, before we end, thank you, Sarah. Oh, thank you. Bottom of my heart, to the top <laughs> of my heart for joining me on a, on a Friday night. Yeah, I know. Um, it's been lovely to talk to you and I could, I could do a three-hour podcast with you because you know we chat all the time and yeah, it's well, really really I think really lovely to feel that we can delve into that feeling of exposure and vulnerability and that feeling of like ah oh, you feel it as well like, yeah God. yeah it's okay I'm just it's okay you know yeah. it's just okay <laughs> Let's uh, do three, finish with three arms together. So bringing your hands to the heart center or leaving your hands on your lap and taking a deep breath in for the first arm. Deep breath in. Second time, deep breath in. Third time, deep breath in. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you.
I think that was just, you know, in your mind when you kind of... Wait, 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 I'm going to have to press stop recording. Uh, thank you to my lovely oh. guest Sarah Betty listeners are like what's she gonna say now <laughs> um, <laughs> but thank you Sarah for joining me but I will have to press stop otherwise that we we will go, we'll on go for hours um, yeah. thanks for listening home and yeah we um, are sending everybody big love and courage 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 to uh, to work through any of those feelings that you might have of vulnerability and everything okay thank you Hi everyone. Shortly after the podcast was recorded, Sarah got in touch with me and asked me to read out the following. Firstly, apologies. I realised afterwards that I had omitted quite an important part from paraphrasing Chris Wallace. Quote, there are no such things as positive and negative emotions. There are only emotions and it's how we respond that makes them negative and positive. End quote. I think this was inferred in the conversation, but if not, here it is. Also, in the podcast, I was talking about my personal experience with doubt and vulnerability. For me at that time and since, I have sat with feelings of not being good enough, discomfort, anxiety and fear that arose, mostly created by the mind or the stories we tell ourselves. It is just where I have gone in my practice. It has been an exploration with just being with it, feeling into it, allowing it to be and then responding with care. However, being honest, it has also jangled me about a bit and it feels important to say that. I realise I realize how just being aware of something could cause more suffering. If we cannot relax into those feelings of vulnerability, if we don't feel safe and supported, or it brings up deep wounds that we agitate rather than soften into, or if it's just not the right time and feels forced. A wise shaman friend of mine once said to me, trust in your armour, you have put it there for a reason and it will come off when it is ready a reminder to trust in the flow of life. Big realisations and lessons have arisen from having imposter syndrome and noticing what that brought up for me. It's not been easy, but overall very positive. Big love to everyone. Look forward to seeing you at Satsang at some point. Sarah, kiss kiss. So huge big thanks to Sarah, Sarah Palethorpe, for sitting down with me on a Friday evening and going into some... Um, yeah, some difficult topics of conversation, which um, I really appreciate how much courage it took to go there. And just wanted to say a final thank you to Pablo Wilson for editing the podcast. As always, thanks, Pabs. And thank you to you at home or wherever you're listening to your podcast. And I um, really appreciate you guys tuning in. Cheers. Cheers.